Well, we are back with another pre-pod, and we have actually swapped out some cast members. We've done a little bit of training. <laughs> Flip swap. Um, and uh, Jackson is has not joined us this week, and in his stead, we have our friend Evan from Evan Online. <laughs> you might have heard Howdy, of him. guys. Hello, Evan. Welcome. Hello, Evan Online. How thanks, do uh, you thanks do for having me. From you. <laughs> I'm excited to uh, fill Jackson's shoes perfectly with it. We wear the same size, so this, this should be... Should be pretty easy. <laughs> well, Evan has put out a video, um, which if you're listening to this, it would have come out a week ago. It is about story in uh, open world games and how sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Um, and this is the second video you've done and you're starting a bit of like a video video essay mm-hmm. um, on game. <laughs> okay, <laughs> on, on words, game. On game. Yeah, you're doing, you're doing <laughs> on spinning game. On, on the big game. Um, no, but you're, you're discussing video games mm-hmm. through like video essay, uh, format on YouTube. Uh, and yeah, what was your getting this specific video together? Uh, the video is about Ghost of Tsushima, um, mostly that's like the main subject of the video. And as I was playing it, I, I kind of realized that I was, um, I was kind of playing it like the story I was playing that separate from just like open world gameplay like side quests and like i would have sessions where i'd play for like three four hours and not do any story and then i'd have sessions where i'd play for three or four hours and only do the story um and i really liked the story like in chunks but uh i kept like going for a week or two without touching the story at all and then i would kind of like get lost in what was happening and um it just didn't really um, hit me as hard as it would. If it, I think I make this point in the video um, that the story would be better told in like pretty much any other medium. Um, like it'd be better in a movie. Um, and the like, really, the point of the video, uh, it kind of comes down to uh, the inability to control pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. With an open world story because the player is just kind of dipping in and out of the main story missions whenever they want, um, which is great for the gameplay of an open world, but um, yeah, not so great for the story and the pacing. Yeah, I think we're just at, and we've talked in the in the past, I think, I think a, a pre-pod recently we've talked about kind of like, when will video games get to the level of like film as far as like prestige and mm-hmm. like, art value and things like that sure. and i yeah. i think we're, we're at that point and i think your video raises a, a good question of like it's just like okay well open world works everyone loves having the bigger the world the better the more side mission the, the more time that our players can sink into it better for us you know and then they also want yeah. a really like action-packed like well-paced story and all, all these like uh, characters, NPCs, like cutscenes, and you kind of throw it all in, and you just hope you're just expecting it to stick. But now it's like, now we might need to trim some fat in our games. Like we kind of, not maybe not every element of a game that works works together, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I I thought it was I thought it was great. Um, 
And I think some of these guys have some questions. What did you guys think of the video? I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm not going to let anybody no, jump in before me. Be sorry, Zach. No, no, no. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm sorry, here. Ronnie. No, hey, okay. you, you I know, hear you. Are you, you know, out? it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Just go. I'm just going to pretend you didn't interrupt me rudely. Just go. Uh, I'm trying to cherish my time here with Evan online. You know, <laughs> my minute in the limelight. So, uh, dear Evan online. Yeah, I, I had I had similar responses <laughs> to your video that Chance did. I really liked it. I think it really explained some of the non-verbal reactions I had to a lot of open world games and I like the idea of wide linear in, in um, God of War and, and yeah. why that works so well mm -hmm. um, but I guess my, my my two responses was one just yes I completely agree the best open world games are the ones that kind of let the player do whatever they want and they don't try to do anything over the top of the story because for Breath of the Wild for example which you give as like a, an example of a really good open world game that does that Every single person's link experience is different. Um, and I just think about how, like, if you skip all of the Divine Beasts and go straight to Ganon, your view of the game is completely different than if you 100% the game, than if you never fight Ganon. You know, it's, every person's story is different. Um, so I, I really like liked that approach a lot. But my second reflection was just the concept that, um, what do we do with games that just have so deep and really um, parts of the story that really grip you. So I think of, um, you were talking about a lot of the side quests in Ghost of Tsushima, and I think of a lot of the side quests in Cyberpunk 2077, which some of them are arguably better than the game as a whole itself. Yeah, totally. Um, and I know that that happens in, you know, it happened in The Witcher a lot. It happened in, you know, all these games that tried to do both. So I wanted to know what your response was to, to games that are like that. Is it okay to leave in really great, in-depth, engrossing side stories that are, you know, completely enveloped in, into one? Or is that part of the problem? Yeah, I think that, like, I I loved Ghost of Tsushima. Like, I, I had a, like, that was one of my favorite games I've played in a while. So I don't even think it's really a problem with open world games necessarily. I think it's just that the stories are being held back by open world games. So the stories can only go so far um, because like, like you said with cyberpunk, like the, um, oh, I, don't, I don't remember the name of the side quest. Um, it's like the Baron, the bloody Baron maybe in the Witcher yeah. three, uh, that side quest is Incredible. amazing. Yeah. I think yeah. that's my favorite part of that whole game for sure. Um, but I also really enjoyed a lot of the other aspects of that game, like just how deep the combat is and like Gwent, how you yeah, honestly Gwent, <laughs> Gwent. I think I probably put 40 hours yeah, into Gwent. Same. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and I feel like I enjoyed a lot of those parts of The Witcher um, and Ghost of Tsushima like separately, like that Bloody Baron storyline is like amazing, but like a lot of the other aspects of the game like you could play that side quest as just its own game um which you kind of do i guess like that's the ideal way to play it i think just all in a row um but yeah i think like i think the main like conflict that's interesting to me um is that it feels like if you try to impose the story more it, it has to take away from the freedom um, in the world. And if you try to give absolute freedom, the story just has to play second fiddle um, and almost has to be like in Breath of the Wild. 
there almost isn't a story. I mean, you can play the game without doing any story content, um, which I think is awesome because, and then all the story content you do makes sense with what your final goal in the game is, which is to beat Ganon. Um, so I, I love that approach, but I'm, I'm looking forward to a game that kind of can pull off something similar, but not the exact same format. Cause I'm sure that's going to happen soon. Yeah, that is. Yeah, right. Exactly. That. And, and I like the wide linear, like, like you mentioned in the video and, and what Ronnie said, but I, I think that is where like I fit. Like I like, uh, I loved God of war and that it had those like, optional little areas I could go to and like get some like hidden loot or like a fun little like quest or, or some, something like like story wise like a side quest that that was added um but I didn't need to do it and and I was actually funny enough playing with my dad and so uh my dad likes to watch me play like story-based games so we're playing through Last of Us or play through God of War but it was nice because I could just play through the, just the story very linear with him so that's he could just, essentially was watching a movie essentially you know yeah. mm -hmm. um, that's awesome and then whenever he was right. gone i could be like okay now i'm actually going to go to this area and try to collect all the puzzle stuff <laughs> you know so um <laughs> yeah but yeah the one of the issues in cyberpunk which i i put in like 120 hours on and like played it to death tried to do everything i could in it um, one of the issues that I found was was uh, you, the the protagonist or V's relationship with Johnny Silverhand, um, and obviously that relationship's meant to be complicated because they're sharing a body and everything. Um, Spoilers. I mean, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> The trailer, the trailer for that game was just spoilers. Like the first I five know. hours was just it. the trailer. I, I didn't let so. myself watch all, all it. All spoiled. So, yeah. but but I thought it was people were frustrated because um, as you're doing story missions, your relationship with Johnny like goes from like very negative, very antagonistic to kind of like understanding each other. Like it has that arc. Um, and so by the end of it, you could kind of feel like you're friends with him or you could feel like that you hate him still. But um, when you would check in and out or like do a mission here, do a mission there, like the dialogue lines, it, you could do a mission where you're like, oh, like me and Johnny are doing like good. Like I had this really heart to heart relationship where I like was empathetic with him. And then you'll go do a side mission way over there. And he's just like calling you a jackass or just like being mean to you. And you're like, <laughs> Like it just it immediately takes you out of the experience that, you know, what I'm saying yeah. and it, it was the pacing was all over the place. It was rough because of yeah. the open world aspect to it. But I think uh, I think a big problem uh, with you, I think there are a lot of people who are making open world games and they didn't set out wanting to make an open world game. But like if you put if you slap open world on a big title game, it's going to sell more copies because that's like trendy right now yeah, it's a trend right now yeah oh, have you guys played and... open world chess in another world <laughs> yet <laughs> what <laughs> yeah the the plot is, is you joke? get hit by a truck and Wait, what? um you are reincarnated into a different world it's an anime game and uh, you okay. play as the you play as the rook on a chessboard, and you go through these series of matches and eventually oh you can God. get upgrades and you become the king and i'm just I'm literally just a jackass. I, I would sorry. play. I knew, I knew I, that sounds amazing. I would play a chess JRPG. 
it's like the elevator pitch for Haikyuu. Like, it just sounds bad, but I'm sure it's really good. <laughs> you ever want to watch a bunch of junior high kids play volleyball? <laughs> it's great, I promise. <laughs> I think for an open world game to have a good story, most of it needs to have already like happened, right? Because the point of an open world game is you just poke around and you explore and you find new things. Sure. And and if you're uncovering something that's already, and it's kind of what's happening in, in like Breath of the Wild, right? Like every time, you know, you move or you fight an enemy, like that's writing the story that's happening right now. But if you were to stop and constantly be doing all of these other, you know, little, little sidelines that were taking you out of the exploring aspect, it would be, it would suck. But instead in Breath of the Wild, you've got all these, like you, you all of a sudden come across one of those like memory spots. And then you learn what you what happened there before you lost all your memories. And when you go fight the great beast, you learn about what happened, you know, like before. And and you're and you're trying to to return it to what it was uh, in the past. And and uh, like one of my favorite games too, which is a Metroidvania. Um, uh, it was like Hollow Knight. And like a big reason why it works is you just poke around, you explore, and you find new things. And like you piece the story together by exploring, which I think is really awesome. It's really fun. Uh, and I think there are like a lot of, I think that that story type works really well in open world games. And I think when you try and, and make the story really like present driven, it's making the, making the game open world, they, those two things just conflict. I think. Yeah, I think that's like a huge problem with most open world games is there's like a sense of urgency um, that, I mean, I, I'm sure you guys have heard people talk about this before, but the like the first, a uh, side quest that you're presented in The Witcher is like helping that old woman find her frying pan yeah. or whatever. Um, oh yeah, and it's just like you are like scared for um, wow, S Siri, mm -hmm. right? Siri, yeah. Siri, yeah. Mm -hmm. I forgot her name for a second. You're like scared for her life. Like you're, yeah. her, she's in danger, and you're like helping this woman find her frying pan. It's just like doesn't doesn't really match doesn't up. Super yeah, the stakes are yeah. yeah. sure. Yeah. Takes yeah. you out. Yeah. 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 I think the yeah. worst game at that is probably Final Fantasy um, 15, where oh I don't God. know if you've played yeah. it, but at the very beginning, so Final Fantasy always, it's one of my favorite things about my, the first 30 hours of Final Fantasy are always incredible, and the last 10 hours of Final Fantasy are always incredible, but what's get, what gets me is what's in between. Yeah. So Final Fantasy 15 is a lot like that, because you start out in like the, the classic Final Fantasy, everything's good, then, you know, something happens, and that's your motivator for the rest of the game. So like... Your lovely, like your lovely little peaceful life is stripped away from you. And then like you, there's a sense of urgency moving towards the end. And in this case, you're Noctis, your dad dies, the government's after you, or this, you know, outside forces after you. And you're just like driving around the countryside with your friends, camping out and eating, <laughs> you know, and it just doesn't make sense. And it like, yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the game yeah. lost me after 40 hours for that reason. I was like, why am I collecting flowers for the gas station that's in then? when I know like there's an open like coup going on and people are after my head, right? Like it just doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, I think I complained that I, I did not enjoy my Final Fantasy 15 experience. And I think I, that was one of my complaints to you about it. Um, I, I remember I, we felt very similarly yeah. about that game. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think I, I agree with everything that's been said so far. Um, I do, I mean, I think I think you make incredible points, Evan, in, in your video. And um, one of the big things that I think, like, I, I don't, I think, I think I'm very excited because we live in a time where we think we're done with 
graphics, you know, like graphics can't get much better than they already are. Um, the, the stories we're writing are cinema level, um, but I'm, I'm excited because I don't think somebody's made a, a great open world game yet, you know? And that's kind of fun to sit in the middle of and be like, um, man, like the, the best is yet to come. There's a level of forgiveness that we have for mm -hmm. games like Skyrim. Like we look at all the bugs and the fact that it's super like, like people are super stiff and they say stupid things and we hear the same voice lines like 19 times and we we're, we forgive them for, for that, you know? Um, and Ghost of Tsushima, I haven't played, um, but at a certain point, like it's, it's 2021, uh, I think we're moving towards an era where our forgiveness is getting shorter and shorter, where we're just like, okay, we're expecting something to be great. So I guess like the question that I have, I mean, that I, I wanna hear from you is, where do you think we go from here? Is is the game, are the games that we need to see in the future more like fully open world to where it kind of resembles a Breath of the Wild, but even less so in, in an arc that's, okay, there is a main story or is there several cities with their own stories and you're just kind of a nobody in the middle of it? You know, um, I, I feel like we, we had a pre-pod that talked about um, people are kind of more interested in playing Kratos and having a linear tail versus a nobody. They're more interested in a V who's a person than a nobody. But for some, for, I, I, obviously there's a market for the Dragonborn. You know, obviously there's a market for the Anonymous that you can make. Um, but, you know, do, do you think that we need to stay in our lane and try not to blend the two? Or is it um, something that, you know, you think it can be done, it can just be done better? Yeah, um, I feel like in my head, there's two, there's really like two choices, it feels like. Um, and I am like not at all an expert. Like, I feel like you guys have probably played more games than I have. Um, <laughs> so I just could be wrong. Um, but um, it feels like the two options are you either like accept that open world games should have very minimal stories the story content is not required um, to understand the game or get the most mm -hmm. out of the game and the selling point of that game is just how open and interesting the world is um, so you either do that or if you want to tell a story um, then you have something more like god of war where it's got some like open world elements where you can go back and visit places that you've been before um, but you're really meant to play it in chronological order. Um, sure. and, and it pushes you forward with the story. Uh, so it feels like there's though, though you could accept that, or um, it feels like what CD Projekt Red has been kind of trying to do is just push it and just go bigger and bigger and like more sure. complex stories. And um, I mean, like what Chance was saying, like try to stop that side quest um, problem from happening um, where the side quest that you do doesn't exactly match up with where you are in the main story. Um, and it feels like, I don't know how you do that better than what like The Witcher's done and what CD, Pro like what uh, Cyberpunk's done. Because mm -hmm. um, I mean, those <laughs> the people that made those games already like crunched for like two years straight. Yeah. So like, I don't think, I don't know if the answer is to just like try to do more of that. Right. And I I don't know, like I, I want to be optimistic and think that there's a better um, 
way to tell open world stories than even what Breath of the Wild did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really just like don't know what that could be. Um, yeah. One and like think. Go ahead. Oh, one, one idea I just got just from kind of this conversation. I was listening to everybody. I was thinking of like a solution. Not that there is one or that there isn't one, but um, I was thinking a, a cool concept you could do with an open world game that allows you to have that that linear story as well is is to put a time restraint on on the game itself, right? So like you have this huge open world and there's all of these all of these things you can do but by choosing to like do quests in this area or do or like do a faction in this area or like spend five hours in game grinding you know just doing this thing basically the world events go on without you like the game continues to progress towards the end goal no matter what you're doing so that way like there is this outside force narrowing your choices until eventually you are on a linear path. But at the beginning, you start with like, you could go anywhere you want to do. You can play however you want to play. You can grind. You can just do the story. You can do whatever, you know, whatever scratches your itch, you know. Uh, but at the end of the day, you got you to gotta finish the game and do the campaign and follow the linear path. But yeah, all of your choices yeah, I mean- have affected the ending as well, you know. Yeah, and maybe that timer is a giant creepy moon in the sky that's going to fall yeah. and crash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the consequences are time resets. Yeah, that's, Majora's that's Mask. a great, I mean, Majora's Mask is a great example of exactly what you're talking about. And if that was to be done on a grander scale, kind yeah. of like what you're talking about, like you might meet an old woman whose daughter has just been run over by a cart uh, and she's mourning, you know, but but if you were there earlier, you could have stopped that. You know, and and mm-hmm. you will never know. You know, time travel is a is a mechanic, which like Majora's Mask obviously is. It doesn't need to be per se, but it could be. A, it could just absolutely blow up the replay value. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to oh, say. Yeah. The timeline mm-hmm. is linear, and you have ten days, and we've built a game around ten days. Play it again and see what you can find next. Also, time, you know, yeah. if this was my game, I would make it to where you couldn't have multiple saves, and you'd have to beat the game before Whoa. you could go back and start it again. Oh. And like, can you imagine yeah. like content creators being like, "What that happened to you?" The, you know, like I, I gotta beat it so I yeah. can go back and like find that. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, in I opposing. Like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Evan. I was just, real quick. I was just gonna say like, I feel like that would be so cool in like a ten-hour open-world game. Like yeah, that's, yeah, that's like what I was pretty, sh- pretty short. Mm-hmm. So you can just like finish it, go right back and play. I think that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say like kind of an opposing idea that I had chance as kind of you were describing that and based on the conversation we were having earlier is almost the directly opposite approach and just having a really long ass game. Um, But instead of pitching it like a linear story or trying to make it a linear story, make it an anthology. I just think that like that is something that hasn't necessarily been explored as well. That is something that's done in like the world of film and cinema. you know, like I think like if Cowboy Bebop was adapted into a game, right? Would it be a linear story? Probably not. What would it be? It would be you traveling from planet to planet, from system yeah. to system, For encountering sure. the fully encapsulated mm-hmm. stories yeah. as you like approach them. So and I, I think like, for example, Cyberpunk would have been a much better game <laughs> if it was an anthology because the focus then becomes on 
you know, a 10 hour story here, an eight hour story here, a five hour story here, a 20 hour story here, each with its own characters and each with its own motivations. Yeah. And I think the only issue that I have with that style is what is your overarching motivation, right? Is it just exploration? For sure. Yeah. Because for some people that's not enough. So that's why I feel like a lot of these open world games feel like they need to have like a unifying linear story because they have to give you a reason to keep going. Mm -hmm. But I think like if there was a way to bypass that and just make a game yeah. an anthology, then you could make some of the dopest self-contained linear stories ever and just link them together in, a, in an open world. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think the idea of, um, like, I, I was just talking to Chance about this before we started talking about, like, if, is there a way to make a game where you are an anonymous nobody, you know, who's got skills and I mean, potentially kind of the Skyrim idea where you just get stronger as you play, but that you become part of a city or a, 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 a like a province's problem. Like there's a revolution happening. You just kind of dip into this revolution and there's a whole story around this kind of self-contained issue. And then you move on, you know, like there's no real, some of the, and we've all talked about it, the best side quests, the best, um, you know, asides that last for several hours are like, they turn to be your favorite part of the game anyway. So is there a way mm -hmm. to do that to where, I mean, games like No Man's Sky, where there's no, there's literally nothing. Like you just are playing and grinding for the, the sake of explore, exploration, you know? But if you were to add a layer of like very hooking story where it's not about you, it's about the area, it's about the world, you have this like many moments of very exciting um you're just you're just along for the ride a little bit you know and that's that to me sounds like lightning in a bottle i don't know if that's something that could actually come through well but i'd be love to every i'd love to hear everybody's thoughts you know isn't that basically kingdom hearts i was just thinking about this right what? like <laughs> you, you've uh, got of, like yeah. kingdom hearts too you've Disney, got though you've got traverse town <laughs> at the very beginning you've got like Halabastion in the end of the very end and then you can kind of go to whatever planet you want to yeah. at any given point in time right and they each have their own self-contained stories and i mean like obviously there's a lot of issues with Kingdom we're Hearts, out there trying to find but... the girl dude we're trying to find Kyrie. let's be real for, for 12 years straight <laughs> exactly yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a big Kingdom Hearts stan, and I've gotten tired. I'm just tired is the best way to say it at the end of I'm three. tired. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't wait to talk about that video, Ronnie, you sent us. I know we want to do a pre-pod on it, but it talks about, like, your personality and, like, video games. Um, but I think whenever you're making an open-world game like this, like, one of the points of that video was there's kind of like three archetypes and there's like the achievers who like they want it, which I am. You want to like complete everything. You want to like see every site, collect every like uh, one of those little nuts or whatever in Breath of the Wild. Like <laughs> that's why I haven't played that game is because I know that <laughs> I would try to do that and I don't have the time for it. But and then there's the people who just want really good story. There's the people who want to like explore for the sake of exploring you know not for achieving and then there's the people who want to compete and they want to be the best like they want to beat the biggest boss and like say that they've like defeated every opponent you know and i think all of those elements in a open world game you have to satisfy if you're going to tote yourself as having such a big sandbox for people to play in you have to be able to have things for every type of player to enjoy you know 
And so, or is this the end of AAA games that appease everyone? Right. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I think, like as film has has developed, you know, there are specific genres of film that appease specific types of people. Um, and I mean, like, of course, she's all the blockbusters. Which I think is a different, like, how do you make a blockbuster happy. game, right? Like, because, like, there's, there's blockbuster movies that, like, there are still people who are, like, I mean, yeah, it, it, like, was the common denominator, and I enjoyed it, but it wasn't one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. So if you're trying to make a game that's, like, an art piece, at what point do you say, I'm going to stop trying to appeal to the greatest number of people for sure. and instead make a game for people who want to play a game that is heavy, heavily story-oriented or people who want to explore solely, right? Or people who want to collect or people who want to be competitive, which I think is like kind of where we're moving towards. But like, as Evan online said, um, <laughs> I am very excited <laughs> for the next transcendent game. Cause I feel like Breath of the Wild was one of those transcendent games, you know, which are Skyrim, um, more so Skyrim. I mean, at the time it was released was a part of the reason it became transcendent. Cause if you play it now, like a lot of it's nostalgia, but um, we forgive it. We forgive. <laughs> yeah, we forgive and forget, but I'm excited for like, if somebody can pull off the next transcendent game, supposed to be cyberpunk 2077 CDPR had some fatal errors and mistakes, but I'm excited for that next one. What if there, what if there isn't? Okay, I'm gonna get really pessimistic for a second. What if there isn't gonna be another transcendent game? What are we? You what are if wrong. we are in the Hobbit land of these types of games? Like we already have the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and then people just want to keep doing it again. And then, but the studios are coming in. And it's like, nah, nah. It's gotta be it. It's like no. It's like The Witcher made a bunch of money, and so it has to be like that. He's like, but we don't want to make it. It's like, no, no. If you want to make a video game, it has to be like this and it has to be like this. And like, what if we're what if we're in the realm now where all of these like big studios now have to have to have to have certain like tags on their games? Yeah. Open world, whatever. And so it's always going to be weird. Well, then there's then, then everyone will just move to the indie scene. You know, and that's and the indie Among scene Us. is already on the rise, right? Yeah. <laughs> Can okay, but but is an indie company capable of making a game like that? Yeah, those no. games are huge. A, a transcendent, a transcendent. <laughs> yeah. like, I, totally, like, I, I totally yeah. believe. I totally believe that an indie studio can. I mean, what's how many? Uh, uh, who? Uh, I said, I'm just saying, like, do they have the money and resources to make a game? Well, that's why Crowd Ghost of Tsushima. I mean, indie, can guy. an indie company make a Ghost of Tsushima? Well, probably not, but that's but I'm saying like crowdfunding and like like you have like game companies like grow over periods of 10 years. Like they all they, have to, all they have to do is put out a good game that was crowdfunded or like a good idea or like they get like customer loyalty or like, you know, like um, and then they do one good one. Then they make a bunch of money. Then their next project. Now they have all this clout. Now they have all this funding. They have this big movement like empires rise and fall is my point and so do companies yeah you know but when do they stop becoming indie at that point i think is the big question because every game company starts out as an indie company you know sure yeah i i think i see what chance is saying though that i i think i i look at the big companies i look at games like you know cyberpunk and you hope you know you pray and hope that other triple a studios are watching and saying like okay so let's not try to be the next cyberpunk you know let's let's look at things a little bit different and change and grow and try to identify things that worked and didn't work um bethesda even their heyday was fallout 3 new vegas 
Uh, the original Fallout's people, there's still like a lot of people that herald those mm-hmm. as some of the mm-hmm. best games that ever were made by them. Um, and then just in the most recent years, things have been kind of like crumpling. <laughs> so like, uh, uh, like things grow, things change, things. Uh, I feel like Nintendo's um, even even Nintendo went through like Wii U. You know, like think things happen and people eventually hopefully figured out. Um, but like Chance said, like there's obviously ways for indie indie companies. Th- I mean, who made No Man's Sky? They got way too much hype way too yeah. fast because they told everybody that there was an algorithm that they designed. Like that's what the game is, is an algorithm. Um, and unfortunately, it, people had expected a AAA game out of an indie company. They still did actually pretty good. And even now their game's doing great. Like the player base is is growing because they've, you know, after a very long time, though, I think they got really sure. lucky. I think they got they lucky did. that they, that they managed right. to keep people playing the game for as long. You're right, 100. Yeah. percent I agree. I uh, I kind of do like agree with Silas uh, with his with his pessimism. I uh, I almost Disney's can't. destroyed me. You know, big companies <laughs> like that, they're never going anywhere, and they own everything. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I almost ended the video like kind of on a similar note, but mm-hmm. I like recorded it and like kept trying to change it. I was like, this just sounds like way too sad. Like I, people are not ever gonna click on my video Everything again. Everything is bad. Yeah, like, <laughs> if I just end this 10 minute video by saying like, and there's really no hope that it will ever get better. Like right. that's, I just couldn't have done that, I don't think. Um, but I think mm-hmm. that like, like, um, Hades. Have you guys played Hades? No. Yeah, for sure. I feel like yeah. I feel like see that they did something like perfectly because the story (laughs) they were telling like it's the the type of game that it is like works best for the story they're telling. Mm -hmm. Um, For sure. Yeah. And I feel like that's why it's so great. So it feels like there's not going to be another like transcendent open world game. I don't. I don't think. I hope there is. But it feels like those types of games will come um, from studios like like Supergiant. And I'm super yeah. excited to see what mm-hmm. they do next. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with like a new something new to add. Right. And like obviously roguelikes aren't necessarily like new, new, but they are a new fad. Right. And like in Battle Royales mm-hmm. are like a new fad. Like these are things that have happened like less than five years like so much has happened with video games like there are these like new mechanics and i mean like one of my favorite books deal like an artist it's all about like taking what you enjoy and taking what you know on the hills of giant or on on the shoulders of giants you know like we grew up on skyrim we grew up on these things like there's bound to be someone our age or older or younger that's gonna be like put things together or see something in a different way that no one else has seen and they can make yeah. a transcendent game and like a totally new genre or like mm-hmm. technology could improve and there's now a new piece of technology that we didn't have before. So I'm more on the optimistic side that like <laughs> odds, sure. odds are well, there will be a way to tell a good, I think there'll always be good ways to tell stories and like, you know, you, you, you shake a box full of, full of watch parts and eventually a watch is made, even though people say that that can't happen. I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so it's a bad well, yeah, Chance, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Like, like what you, what you're saying, right? Like, like roguelike games and, and, and like that genre is like really exploded and people have been taking the idea of that like repetitive nature and then they're just doing 
crazy stuff with mm-hmm. it and they're yeah. coming up with all of these new things and it's in like in a way it's like yeah it is like that game but also it's not like that game. yeah and i don't yeah. think we've hit that point with the whole open world genre it still feels like we're in that spot where everyone's just trying to recreate what's going on yeah at least my experience i also haven't played as many games as most people here um i think i think you're right but yeah but like uh that that i can that's a very good point chance and i can see that turning point happening for the I don't know, it even feels weird to call open world like a genre. It feels more like it's like a a a, a descriptor a than a genre. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And but, but like with games yeah. that do that, like like finding ways to have an you know open world game, but they're also doing something completely different. I I have kind of a cautious optimism where like I think that part of what makes games transcendent is when people do things we didn't think were possible. So like, I always understand sure. that like my current conception of what games are, what open world games are, could be shattered, right? I think totally. Breath of the Wild kind of did that for me um, and gave me a completely new open world experience. And so like, I think there is opportunity for like something to come just because like, I know that I'm in disbelief. So like, I'm just waiting for somebody to shatter the disbelief. But I think <laughs> the difference between like, asking whether or not there will be another transcendent game and asking whether or not there'll be another transcendent open world game or two very different um, questions and statements. Yeah. Because I agree with Evan and Silas um, as he was subquoting, like the idea that Evan presented like a critical flaw within open world games, you know? Yeah. And that critical mm-hmm. flaw was not every story fits within the medium. And I think that that is fine. Um, and do I hope somebody breaks that mold eventually? Absolutely. But am I okay if it never gets broken? Yeah, because I mean, it's just inherent in the setting of, of an open world game that's truly enjoyable. So I do think that like that is probably insurmountable um, just because it's such a basic like characteristic of open world games. But then once again, there's the, the little gleam of optimism of like, if somebody does it, I'm not going to be upset about it. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm not going to be mad yeah. if I eat my words, but for sure, mm-hmm. I'm hopeful. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I know that there's a couple of guys that are huge on roguelike games to go back to the Hades analogy. Like I don't like roguelikes Me. because I don't like Dark Souls because I don't like playing the same thing over and over again. I hate it. I don't have a lot of time. And so I don't like the idea of regrinding every time I die or, you know, whenever the game tells me I need to. Um, But Hades made it part of the story. And I swear it's the stupid soundtrack. It's the Hall of Hades or whatever the track (laughs) is. When you first like go to the first level of hell and start the run is like, that's what keeps me playing the game because it's part of the story and it adds on to the story as you go. So I think there's there's certain things about those open world games that, you know, like Evan, Evan, you were talking about in your video is just the idea that you're pulled out of it and it's enough almost to make you like cringe a little bit and just be like, like this, when we talked about like kind of the forgiveness of the game, like that that diminishes to where you're being pulled out of the the idea of it. So just like, I mean, everybody's been saying, I think there's a way that we haven't thought of sitting in this in this wonderful 40 minute conversation that we're going to be blown away you know hopefully there's somebody out there that has an idea of how to execute an open world game this just knocks our pants off and it brings in those people like like a lot of people here that that's the the biggest upset with open world games and it makes you play it anyway because it makes sense you know i don't know if that was all over the place but it made sense (laughs) in my head no i I think i yeah, I agree with what you're saying for sure. 
Yeah. Well, we we are running uh, about ten. From what I'm seeing, ten minutes over what we normally go Whoopsie. to. But uh, we've had a really good conversation here. All in all, I I think I think Evan, you you raised a lot of really good points, and and I definitely agree with yeah. you that like all of the kind of current open world games, like the stories do not seem to fit, and they they do seem just like a bit lacking like the pacing is off and so i think it's a really really good analysis of where we're currently at and definitely i hope to see some kind of change in in games from now on that are open world and i want them to be a little bit more creative with how they tackle that storytelling aspect but do you have any closing remarks as we kind of kind of log <laughs> off um i don't think so anything to um, promote i mean thanks Plug yeah yourself. thanks for Plug thanks yourself. for having me um yeah, it was fun fun talking to you guys. I feel like I've been listening. Uh, I told Chance this, but I've I've been listening to the pre pods. Like I've just been going back and listening to like pretty much all of them, uh, and feeling like one of you will make a point or say something, and I'll feel like like almost catching myself about to like say something, either like in agreement or like. So uh, it was nice to be able to actually do that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, thanks for thanks for having me, fellas. I definitely think we should bring Evan online back next time he drops a blockbuster video. I don't know, yeah. like we're, we're swiftly getting to the point where we're just talking about whatever's happening in the news. So yeah. like I would, you know, totally be cool. Episode like 99, you know, Evan online drops a new banger. Let's get him in the chat. Let's talk Let's to him. Let's get him yeah. in here. <laughs> Very cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm down whenever you guys want somebody to come on, come on here and just have some, some we have it recorded he can't or say no <laughs> <laughs> we have it in, in, in audio yeah well everybody uh go check out hopefully you know we'll we'll, we'll definitely drop in and retweet his his video so make sure to watch that uh, that'll make <laughs> the context of this pre-pod a lot better for you uh but yeah go ahead and subscribe and follow him on on twitter and everything uh and then i think it's time for us to play D. &D so yup hell yeah <laughs>